Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 101 of Predetermined. I'm your host, Garrett Callender. And I'm your other host, Derek Halpin. That's oh, a white claw, I'm assuming. What there did you do? I, I was having a hard time opening this one. It was really that, a catching on my fingernail. That seems like a theme for you when it comes to canned beverages. Do I have a lot of trouble with canned beverages? There's video footage of you having issues with canned beverages. Fuck, where was it? Oh, yeah, that one exploded in my face. Yes, and my apartment. This is a black cherry White Claw, by the way. You left some White Claws uh, from your recent visit here, and I wanted to let you know I did savor what you left over the course of several days. <laughs> I hoped you would. And I am not above telling you that I have watched XFL football while drinking a White Claw. We fucked up. Like, we guessed all wrong on XFL. People love it. Yeah. It's, I, well, here's the thing. I've seen the occasional person online try to be too cool for school where they act like, I, like I, I'm not going to call, any, call anybody out. I'm not going to name names. I did have a friend on Twitter who was like, I'm sitting in a bar right now. This XFL stuff is unwatchable. And I wanted to be like, you're, you're trying too hard. It's getting rave reviews from a lot of people. Obviously the talent on the field is not going to be up to par as far as like NFL quality stuff, but the way the games are paced and a lot of the changes they've made to the rules, the people are loving it. My dad explained to me the changes for many minutes and I couldn't remember a single one of them to tell you back, but it sounded like he enjoyed them. And so did my manager, my uh, manager at work. I asked what he thought of the XFL and he said, I've been waiting for a full year for you to ask me about football. <laughs> but he was hoping it would be the NFL. <laughs> I think he was just happy that a football was involved. My question to you is, um, we've you, me, and my roommate have all picked teams to root for. And my question, as I was about to say, is uh, have you even watched a single game yet? I have not had the opportunity yet. What you got to make time? It's it's Saturday Sunday. Yeah, I know. Saturday, I do shit Saturday on those days. Football. Yeah, and it should be XFL football and White Claws. Well, what time of the day is an XFL game on on a Saturday? There's, there's two games. There's I think there's like a early afternoon and a late afternoon, and same for Sunday. You've had well, multiple chances, Garrett. This last Saturday, I went to a hockey game, an afternoon hockey game. How did that go for you? It, uh, I continue my streak of not seeing the St. Louis Blues win live. Um, yeah, they lost to the Nashville Predators. But you can go see the St. Louis Battlehawks possibly win a game because they're pretty good. Actually, both of our teams are one and one right now. I'm a fan of the Seattle Dragons. And, uh, Garrett, you did Battle. something else. You did well, something else oh. besides a St. Louis Blues hockey game. I did. I was actually going to go to a second hockey game because they played one night in Nashville, the other night in St. Louis. I decided, you know what? I don't want that heartbreak again. I don't want to take the chance of watching the Blues lose. So I decided that I was going to go see a pop star from our youth. Does, okay. All kidding aside, I have made a lot of uh, bad does our audience know Limp Biscuit jokes? But I think there's a pretty good chance our audience has no idea who this is, right? I would say that it's pretty certain that they do not know who Sky Sweetnam is. 
what how would you describe sky sweetenham and then use that to transition into who she is now and what she's doing well the sky sweetenham that you and i knew and loved she was a canadian rebel rocker chick along the lines of an avril lavigne would you say that she was like aldi brand avril lavigne you bite your goddamn tongue you <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> that's not necessarily a knock i shop at aldi it sounded like it was a knock I'm just okay. What would what would be a better comparison then, buddy? Champ. I believe Sport. our friend Kyle said it correctly. She's a beautiful queen. She's a beautiful princess. That's I'm not First of all, she's not a piece of meat for me to just stare at and ogle. Ogle. Which is it? It's mm, that's a good question. Yeah. They they both sound so, pretty good. If you know the answer to that question, <laughs> we have an email. <laughs> <laughs> is Oogle it oogle or ogle i think it's oogle i think it's oogle yeah it wouldn't be don't garrett she, 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 yes she, yes she she is a a beautiful lady and uh in the early 2000s me and some of our cohorts including you uh we went to st louis missouri we went to the pageant and we saw the opening act for ryan cabrera and that was sky sweetening <laughs> And we memorized her album. And how many songs did she end up playing? Like, what, six? No, I would say she got a half hour in there. That has to be at least seven. Well, we went nuts, and we sang along, and we were hoping that we would get to... We were thinking, like, oh, she's the opening act, and nobody's going to even care, and we'll be able to hang out with her after the show, maybe get on the bus, and... We set our expectations very, very high yeah. for the friendship level that we were about to have with Sky Sweetenham. We were naive, puberty-laden boys hoping for more, and that did <laughs> not happen. The tagline to every teen sex comedy. Uh, yeah, we, got a, we, got, we got a nice dose of reality. I just remember after going to this Sky Sweetenham show... The the ride home was just filled with debate where half of the car was like, I guess that makes sense. That's that, that's how it would play out. That, and that's all that happened. And the other half of the car was devastated and bitter. And Which I don't end know what, was I on? Um, I think you were on the same page as me. I think we were both like, yeah, that's about all those should have happened. I don't remember our friend Kyle taking it so well. No, Kyle took it very poorly. He he took it. Honestly, I bet he never even listened to that record again. I bet he felt personally wronged because we had shared so many good times together over that album and she did not reciprocate those good times. Yeah, I, I don't think he's gotten over it to this day, to be honest. I would like to think that he has. Well, I, either way, Sky Sweetenham has a new band. She's a metal singer. I guess I'll put that in kind of quote. I mean, no, she's screaming. She's screaming. I don't just know if plug I'd... the band, Garrett. Just plug Sumo the act. Psycho. I bought a shirt, Derek. I bought a Did shirt. You? you? Well, fuck yeah, because there was a line, and I had to go meet Sky Sweetenham. You have and a she... Jack Swagger shirt. Why not a Sumo Psycho shirt? Exactly. So I go up there. I'm in this line to meet Sky Sweetenham. The bassist is standing next to her, and it gets to me, and he's like, come on, man, buy this shirt. And I'm like, oh, man, I was kind of hoping to not talk to you. That's not super nice. Did you have fun at the show, though? Oh, I'd had a great time. Uh, they opened for the 69 Eyes, who are a group of gothic Helsinki vampires. And um, I hadn't been to a goth show in a while. There was a lot of eyeliner. How'd that make you feel? 
I don't know. My social anxiety was getting fucking crazy at that thing because I was I didn't wear goth clothes. You've been trying to get back into the whole going to concerts on the reg thing lately, haven't you? I have, and I I'm finding that the pop concerts I'm still very comfortable at. Uh, yeah. The the goth show it makes ha- a lot of sense now. Ha- had to work my way back into that. I am seeing Slipknot again this summer. Wow. <laughs> For the first wow. time in a decade. For all of your social anxiety, I mean, you were just the same way you did deathmatch wrestling. You were diving right in. <laughs> just fuck it. Ah. Consequences be damned. Yes, fuck it. Fuck it. Um, I've been warning you the last few hours that I was going to be using this podcast as an opportunity to scold you God shame you and spank you. And you seem, I don't know what kind of, how you feel about your punishments. Do you like to get them up front and get them out of the way? Or would you rather delay that for the next 45 minutes? Can't I just like put some soap in my mouth or something? Nah, this ain't a Christmas story, dog. 10 lashes. Nope. God, this is going to be somewhere between those two things. I have a feeling that I know what this is about. Do you? I think I do. Guess what it's about and then receive your receive your spanking. So I believe it was maybe two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. This is uh, going right where I wanted it to. I would say, yeah, about two weeks ago, I came in here and I was like, Derek, I watched a man get stabbed with a knife today. I'm done with mm-hmm. deathmatch wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then I got this pay-per-view mm-hmm. called Run Ricky Run, GCW's yeah. most recent show. Yeah. And I watched the main event, which was Nick Gage versus Ricky Shane Page. And it's what some might call a death match. I, some. Uh, Garrett. Yeah, what happened, Derek? You're, you're trying to quarantine your bullshit to the main event. I saw a man get a woman's t-shirt stapled to his fucking tongue. I believe that was her underpants. Can. Was that her underpants? <laughs> he pulled uh, her. I believe he pulled her underwear out. Like uh, I believe he tore them out of her her tights. Yeah, maybe I missed. I just saw that it was a, it was a piece of wardrobe from Alley Cat, and he Mance Warner had torn these from Alley Cat's uh, attire. And what did she end up doing? She ended up stuffing that shit in his mouth and stapling it to his tongue, then placing a paint can upon his head, around his cranium, and then smashing that shit with a steel chair. Okay. Garrett, I texted you a quote. Could you read the, the, the quote that the commentary team of GCW provided to us? Yeah, let me let me open this up and see what you said. Um, <laughs> Allie can bring the ruckus to all you motherfckers. Yeah. Yeah. So... Do you um, hold issue with that, or did you love no, it? No, I, I thought that I thought that was the best thing I got out of that the <laughs> stuff I watched from GCW. That was fantastic. That was the best thing you got out of that, Garrett. Um, let's go back to your punishment. You're not mm. getting out of this. No, I'm. Not, I also don't think I'm in trouble because I think this one technically no, you're in was. Trouble. This one was not a death match, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett. Very early on in Ricky Shane Page versus Nick Gage, a light tube is broken, held upwards. And then stabbed into another man's forehead. Was it Nick Gage's head? Yeah, it was Nick Gage's bald fucking head. Now, I know this is going to be hard for you to hear, but oh, I've no. got to tell you something. <laughs> you have a problem. 
What's my problem? You are desensitized as fuck because you venture off and you watch some of these extreme deathmatch wrestling bits and you see stuff that's really bad. Really bad. And then you drift a little bit further out to sea. And then you come back and you go watch, as you put it, missionary style WWE professional wrestling. And then you get a little curious again and you, you dabble and you watch these shows and you think that to the average Joe, like, that's not that bad. <laughs> but I hate to tell you, when there's glass, when there's light tubes being jammed into people's skulls, when people are being driven onto steel chairs that are placed back to back, it's still pretty, I mean, what, what are you actually taking a break from? Can you define it? Anything that involves a man getting stabbed with a knife. So murder. Yeah. I don't You're like taking watch- a break from straight murder, like snuff films. Yeah. Okay, now let me, can I defend myself here? No, this is a spanking. This is not a duel. So I just have to sit here and take it? Yeah, I want you to explain to the listeners how you can come on this prestigious show. Prestigious. (laughs) And say to them that you are taking a break from deathmatch wrestling and then be like, oh, cool, a new GCW pay-per-view. Huh, I wonder why they're putting all those light tubes on on the ropes. Oh. What are those panes of glass for? You just, you just watched the last two matches. Oh, my God. You missed all the good shit they did before the intermission. The what last half. The... Okay, I'm not going to deny that there might be some wholesome shit on that show. I'm saying when you buy a GCW pay-per-view, you know also what you're getting. Well, I knew there was going to be a death match at the end of that, but I also knew that it was a, you know, what could have been the conclusion to the Ricky Shane Page, Nick Gage story. We've been very invested in this. We, we, you, I, the listeners. Yeah. Everybody needed to know what was going to happen with this. I think we were all curious. Then sell me on the rest of the show, because, I I mean, like, I'm, I'm angry with you. Uh, we we have some stuff we're going to have to work out before you come back and visit me next week because I, I think you have a problem. I think this is absolutely everything that I diagnosed months ago when I said that you're desensitized and you're just taking it to the next level. That's all you're doing. Like You're buying yourself some time and then you're going to go find something else. What do you mean? You what? What's good? What is the next level of pro wrestling? I don't know, but I'm sure you're going to find it. I think we found it, and I think we. It turned out I didn't like it, and that is mm. Japanese deathmatch wrestling. It's too much for me. <laughs> uh, okay. If the I see an, yours, if I see an Asian gentleman holding a meat cleaver in a wrestling ring. You change the channel? I change the channel. I just say, like... <laughs> you go looking for Family Guy. There's there's only one way for this to end, and it's somebody to get fucking stabbed with a meat cleaver, or else he wouldn't have brought that with him. Mm. There's something about light tubes that... Okay, okay. You've seen 40-year-old virgin. Paul Rudd gets one of those broken across his slacks. You're trying to... Down- 
<laughs> if it's any indication of how far we've come, you were sitting here trying to basically equate the light tube with a Ric Flair chop. It is, yes. yes. You're, like, you're yeah. saying that that's cute now. You, you break one across the pants and you shout woo. It's, it's just regular now. <laughs> you can no-sell a light tube. I wish... Can I do this podcast with you and your wife one of these days? Well, I didn't know this was going to be an intervention or therapy, but it's become... <laughs> it's the beginning of one. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 105. We're going to get there. Anyways. Did talk about Ricky the rest Shane of... Page or Nicholas Gage look like they had a bad time in that match? Nick Nicholas did. <laughs> well, Nicholas yeah. Gage got skull fucked by a bunch of goons as yeah, they I were described. I don't like those goons. I I I got to say I take back what I said about the Alley Cat thing. And I don't have a direct quote, but I will say the GCW commentary team made Nick Gage seem like fucking John Cena. <laughs> they made it seem like this man is only surviving on heart and soul. He is repping GCW tonight, and Ricky Shane Page doesn't give a shit. By the way, it's very startling <laughs> if you've listened to just like WWE Raw commentary for several weeks, as I have, and then to tune in for a GCW show. Like, there's moments where you get caught off guard by the fact that, like, the people doing the play-by-play can just say motherfuckers. Like, like there's all sorts of fuckery happening here tonight yeah. in the GCW White Claw Arena. And it's not a joke. I mean, they're being... <laughs> MDK all fucking day is a thing I heard a commentary team member say. And you are over there like, yeah, yeah, of course. Murder, death, kill. This is what we watch on my PG wrestling. <laughs> this must have been how fucking USA. I this is is this how USA Network felt when Vince McMahon was like, "We're gonna bring attitude," and they're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> now <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm like, like, okay, we can do it on the show, but can you just a little bit? And then you're waking me up at seven in the morning to show me a guy get a fucking. A tattoo needle stuck through his face. Yeah, I'm trying see, to get over it. Uh, see, I will say I think that was too much. Also, Marcus Crane, he did make no, an no. appearance on the show. Okay, so did G-Raver. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to watch the main event. I thought you'd be happy to see old G-Raver back. Honestly, I thought it was the guy who came out before the, <laughs> the show started to announce uh, <laughs> GC. Like, it looked like the same guy to me. <laughs> This is part of the problem I have that I can't get over with GCW that you have just blown right past like it was nothing. Like, if GCW was a fucking club, the bouncer let you in no problem, and I'm stuck outside. And and that, what the problem is is so many of these guys look like the same person to me. Maybe not literally down to every single detail, but I get the same vibe from a long, like a lot of them. Like, they're definitely smoking after the show. And some of them are dirty. Is you that think, unfair? You think the GCW roster is made of filthy people? Yes. I think that this was put what pretty well once when uh, they talked about how Janela came back for this show. This was his first time wrestling at GCW again. And 
at one point uh, they said, this is where Joey Janela gets to come play with his bad friends on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I like about it is a lot of these guys look like people we went to high school with. I and I left for a reason. <laughs> you don't want to go hang out behind the gym and watch these guys smoke crack and punch each other? No, I don't. But You're, I don't now that you say you sometimes. that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you even know what a good time is? You've been desensitized to wrestling. I had a good time at, at, at a GCW show, but I'm just letting you know that you want to make this the A brand. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just over here like I'm then me and the network execs aren't about it. I'm like, come on, guys, it's gonna give the show some attitude. And they're like, Well, the commentator won't stop saying fuckery. That lady's bleeding all over the place. She just stapled her underpants to that guy's tongue. These two guys have just smashed about fifty light tubes on top of each other. Effie's humping this guy's face. <laughs> and you're over there saying, like, this is authentic. It's real. Speaking of Effie, Effie versus Tony Deppin fucking ruled. There was a lot of good wrestling this weekend. This was one of my top matches that I watched the entire weekend. Out of all the stuff you watched, this is number one? Not number one, but it's like, it is way up there. with Because I watched a shit ton of wrestling this weekend, as I know you did as well. Uh, but Effie versus you say Tony. this weekend. I watched a lot of wrestling this week. Well, this dog. we had a lot of time off Dead. between the last episode and this and this recording right now. It's it, true. It felt like shit. I wanted to be recording on Wednesday. We so have bad. stuff we need to address from that since that last episode too. So, well, go ahead. No, I mean you're in the middle of talking about Tony Depp and and Effie. I'm well, giving no, you. The it was floor. just a really just... good, hard hitting, seventeen minute, good, just good pro wrestling match. And you're arguing that it was maybe the second best match of the shit that you've watched recently. <laughs> I watched three matches this week that like blew me the fuck away. And th that was one of three. Uh, I'm sure Effie and Tony Deppin are thrilled to hear this prestigious podcast. <laughs> what they had a great fucking match, but it was a I weekend of a lot of good shit. I'm saying put him over. I like, don't, just, just don't, did. Don't, don't, <laughs> you gave him a silver medal. Lie and just say every match you saw this week was the best match. Derek, this weekend I also watched Keith Lee versus Jack. Yeah. I, you I, see I that, too? that shit too? Yeah, I did watch that shit. You see what I they watched, did in that ring? <laughs> I saw what they did outside of that ring and it involved a fucking computer chair. You see when he did that goddamn flip from the top rope out? Side into Keith Lee in a chair? That's literally what I just said. I know, but you didn't say it with as many words. <laughs> it was the abbreviated version that got right to the point. Look, um, yeah. What do you what do you want to say at this point about NXT takeovers? What can be said? NXT takeover is just it, it's a fucking PWG show. And it in the best way. I thought, always thought while we were at those PWG shows, if you put this in an arena, it would work. <laughs> <laughs> and now they are, and it does. And Triple H was like, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. He's like, Sign I thought, guys. yeah, he's like, that's why I kept sending William Regal there to take those people away from you and then <laughs> bring them over then, here. Tear down your stupid Legion Hall. And guess what? <laughs> it's full sale now, baby. 
<laughs> Sorry to everyone on the West Coast who misses what what's the Legion Hall number? I never went. American Legion Post three oh eight. Whatever. Yeah, I know that's near and dear to your heart. I just was making a joke. No, I understand. Um, it's no, just funny for the story. The thing is, they opened that NXT TakeOver with Keith Lee and Dijak again, who I'm never going to get tired of watching matches by. They just, they find new shit to do every single time. There's a point when Dijak was on the, I'll not get used to his new name. I've realized I've stopped calling Alistair Black Tommy End. I like Dijak better. All right, so you're happy with this. I'm happy with what I'm saying. But either way, Dijak, he did like a thousand flips. You know what I'm talking about? He did like a corkscrew flip thing off the top. Yeah. How the hell did he do that? Well, he's he's not uh, the bastard Pac slash Neville, but very similar to that red arrow, but it felt like it was inverted. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and he's like twice of, <laughs> he's like two Nevilles. He's a Neville on top of another Neville with a fucking trench coat over it. So I've watched a lot of Keith Lee over the last, what, three to six months. I Maybe I've already done this, but I'll do it again. He's getting the stamp of approval. Like, because I, when I look at Keith Lee, the same way we felt when MJF walked out at AAW, and we saw him for the first time. I know this isn't your first time seeing him. It's not mine. But I, there's just something in the last few months. Keith Lee's going to be a fucking star. I mean, did like, you see the reaction he got when he walked out first? Or, you yes. know, when he walked out into that crowd? That arena went insane. His his name is smooth. He has the look. He can work. He's a big guy, which, you know, Vince has a hard on for. I mean, fuck, dude. Like, I, I'm not kidding when I say that, like, they need to get on that. I'm it's the one thing Punk has said on WWE backstage that I'm fully on board with. They need to hop on board that fucking Keith Lee train right now. I mean, did they they saw the reaction him versus Roman Reigns got? Yeah, and that was back in fucking November. Somebody pointed out to me that Roman Reigns and um fucking Baron Corbin have been in a feud for 5 months now. Yeah, and it feels it. It feels every bit like it's been five months. <laughs> Anyways, NST Takeover Portland. See, this is the thing. If you, would you hand somebody who was getting into pro wrestling, like they were like, "Hey, I think I'm getting into pro wrestling to join you guys." What would you hand them to go get into? Would you hand them NXT or AEW? Honestly, I think I would hand them NXT. Yeah, I really do think that. I mean. AEW has had some really great shows, uh, this week's Dynamite included in that, but there's just something about how I would show them a takeover. The takeovers are all just so good that you could just watch one after another. Yeah, so, uh, and this is what I want to kind of get at. Do you, I think it's unfair sometimes, the com- we, I mean, definitely NXT deserves all the praise we're giving it, but I will say that it seems unfair because it seems like we try to compare everything else two takeovers which are their pay-per-views because when you watch a show that's coming from full sale it doesn't have the same energy well that's why i'm saying like i realize now the takeovers are them just like we gotta go full-on give a pwg show right but i'm saying that like it's unfair to like compare an nxt takeover to a monday night raw 
because <coughs> they're attempting to achieve two different things. I mean, if you did if you did a if you did like a takeover style show every Wednesday night, I don't think it would work. And it certainly wouldn't work in that arena. You think people would just get too hyped? They have like I, such I a big they roster. Would get they burned could out do. on it. I don't know. They have such a big roster. They could keep that many storylines going. I think. I think it's like it's like the weather, man. You have to have a few rainy days to enjoy the really sunny days. And Garrett's just like, "Fuck it, I'm moving to fucking Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Phoenix now, and it is beautiful. <laughs> it's a dry heat. Yeah." <laughs> That's fucking GCW is insisting that the 135 degrees isn't actually hot. Ugh. Oh, fuck. Um, so, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, NXT deserves all the praise. And I don't think you're wrong. Again, I, I do think AEW is still a brand on the rise and they're still building and they're still creating stars. And I think fucking NXT is just jacked with talent where they can literally cut that roster in half and give you the like one half of that roster and it still feels loaded. Yeah, and it's they have so many people that are just stars. They could easily have their own smackdown. My question to you and this is not a knock. Can you tell me why Rhea Ripley is so over in such a short amount of time? She's fucking cool, Derek. I'm not challenging you. I'm 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 just asking. Like she's got that think... <laughs> she's got a leather jacket. She's cool as shit. I don't know what there is to know. Do you feel like she's a cross between uh Ruby Riot and Shayna Baszler? I'm really I'm thinking hard about that as I'm staring at uh as I'm staring at this little Kevin Owens Funko Pop of you. The, okay, thank you. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, She's... again, it's not a knock. I'm. I guess what I'm saying is, it feels like it wasn't that long ago that Shayna Baszler was the fucking NXT Women's Champion, and she was the fucking face of the women's division down there. And then all of a sudden, it's like they do the title change, and here we are, like a month and a half later, and Charlotte's challenging her for the title at WrestleMania. Well, keep in mind, whoever beat Shayna, that was a long title reign. Right. That was really going to put somebody over. I I guess what I'm saying is, to obviously, there's a storyline playing out with Becky Lynch and uh, Shayna Baszler. So, fully acknowledge that that's probably going great places, especially after taking a chunk out of Becky's neck. Um, Do you think... It would have been bigger. What do you mean? I don't think I know what happens with taking a... What's a chunk out of Becky's neck? You really missed this. I don't know what you're talking about. You know everything that's going on in GCW, but you didn't know that Shayna Baszler bit the shit out of Becky's neck. Like a vampire? Yes, and blood was everywhere. No. And the internet was divided about it. Oh, no. This happened not this week, this past week. Well, blood in the mouth is icky. Yeah. And she had that, uh, you know, the mouth guard in. Mm. Mm-hmm. She bit through the mouth guard? Well, no, she there was probably blood capsules in the mouth guard, and then she bit. 
Becky had a match against Asuka after the match was over and Becky retained the title. Shayna appeared and bit Becky in the neck and blood was everywhere. I feel like I'm having to catch you up. You just made me spit White Claw out uh, when you said, <laughs> yeah, so Becky's having a match with Asuka and then Shayna bit her. <laughs> That's what happened. That is the summation. Um, I'm just saying that wouldn't it have been cooler if Shayna was still holding on to that fucking title and Charlotte and she better. <laughs> went back to NXT Garrett? Yeah? Do you want to talk about GCW some more? No, I'm... Are you hmm? mad at me? No, I'm not mad at you. I didn't know if it's because I made fun of the... The biting is funny to me. Oh, you you should see it. The internet thought it was fucking weird. It is they fucking like, weird. They were convinced that Vince turned her into a vampire. Like, her on her first week. <laughs> like He was like, I don't like it. Gangrel had a daughter. The brood... <laughs> I'm in for that. <laughs> if it turns out the reason she was so good was she's a vampire. No, nah, she just bit her. She was just mean. That is fucked up. Yeah. I, Matt uh, Jackson I, bit a guy tonight. I watched Tommaso Ciampa kiss a stranger on the head. Where? Who? During NXT TakeOver Portland. During his match with Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa went up on the guardrail and there was a big a very large man with a bald head and he was cheering in Champa's face right in front of him and Champa you couldn't tell if he was just staring through him or ignoring him or whatever but then he leaned forward to grab both sides of this guy's head and he kissed his forehead and that guy looked like he was ha- like he looked even happier than you did after Logan's stunt got thrown onto you <laughs> That's because what he got was nicer than what I got. And then um, Champa did that cool little like like the the beauty pageant wave thing that he does. Oh, that's cute. And then the guy did it with him. <laughs> except it, except it was wake like the guy thought he was getting ready to get a high five. And so then, he he got the moment we thought we were going to get with Sky Sweetenham but with Tommaso Champa. Yeah, absolutely. God damn it. Yeah. What would you do if you were at a GCW show and as Nick Cage was coming out and he leaned, he leaned in and kissed you on the forehead. I would just stop like a mother tr- putting their child to bed. I'm still kind of taken aback by you even asking me. This is a good Lord. I mean, I would accept it. I would. You wouldn't have a choice. You don't have let's a be, choice. Let's be clear. You, you try to reject that. I'd be like, no, get back here. The thing is, he probably would. He would kiss me on the head, and I would still be like, "Fuck yeah, Nick Cage!" <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, what was your favorite match on Takeover? Um, the main event. And I say this with the additional uh, note that it may be my favorite NXT championship match I've ever seen. Ah, Derek, I didn't watch the main event. That's the only match I didn't see. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I was busy watching a lot of other wrestling. Uh, what was so good? It was just a fantastic story. Like, I unfortunately didn't watch it live. 
So I knew the finish, but I didn't know how they were going to get there. And so there were multiple false finishes. Like I, I, I think that I didn't know the finish. I just knew what happened after at the end of the match. I did so hear what happened good... at the end. You did? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I did too, but the match itself was just, I mean, it was new Japan kicking out of finishers. It was that. You know and what I'm I saw talking that about? It, yeah, no, and I saw that it went over a half hour, too. So was it a good long, like, was it a, a good build, like a lot of chain wrestling, and then it just got harder hitting and faster paced? It was vicious. And, and what was cool is they did such a good job of, like, there was, despite all the horrible stuff Ciampa has done over the last couple of years, they kept pushing, like, the, you know, he had to fight back from this injury and he never actually lost the title. And that's why Adam Cole's a shithead and whatever. And they had just two distinct characters where you had this guy fighting to get his title back that he never lost. And this guy who traditionally, traditionally relies on his buddies for help to keep the title on him. And, but the thing is they made Cole look awesome in the process too. Like you, there were moments where you would have thought that would have been like a finish and there is Adam Cole kicking out, looking like a fucking monster and Ciampa looked like a fucking juggernaut on top of it. It was just such a good fucking match. Um, and I I've thought I was going to get ones. out of watching this one and I feel like you're telling me I, I ha- it might be mandatory viewing. No, it, it was, it was absolutely worth it. It was good storytelling. It was a damn good match. I know that Gargano, uh, Almas match is up there and yeah no i i this may very well be my favorite nxt championship match from a takeover that's very and high praise it, it is considering how high we set the bar for nxt takeovers but maybe people disagree i don't know i don't know i liked it i liked it a lot what next derek what do we what do we got to talk about oh my what? god can we talk about the match I'm so excited about. <laughs> I know which one you want to talk about. You want to talk about Eyepatch Man. Yes. I didn't realize. We were like a week late watching this match, too. Thank God for YouTube, Garrett. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Could you not get logged into the New Japan account? I didn't even try. I was watching something else, and I was like, I need to watch this match. Let's see if it's on here. And sure enough. Sure enough. Man, Moxley versus Suzuki was, this was the John Moxley. I feel like I keep saying this. This was the Moxley match I'm waiting for. But now it's just like, (laughs) holy shit. It was just like a rite of passage match where he had to go in there and get his ass beat all over the place by Minoru Suzuki. And it was awesome. Especially, I didn't think I was going to like the eye patch, but now I realize this makes him even more of a madman. He just traveled across the globe <laughs> to have a bar eye. fight with an insane person. Uh, can I tell you what my favorite spot in the match was? Yes. That was the best selling of an arm stuck in a chair and then hit with another chair I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like such an, oh no, it's, it's never going to work again moment. <laughs> That's the only thing like wrestling loves to tease these moments where things are more dangerous than usual. Like we've seen chairs be wrapped around limbs so many times. Moxley did such a good job of, Oh fuck. 
Oh. I'm going to be broken. For, I'm going to miss revolution. <laughs> like this. I got hurt here again. No, <laughs> no Chicago appearance for, for Derek. God, um, I just, I loved that finish when he pinned Suzuki and Suzuki's just laying on the mat with a huge smile on his face. Like he came <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, uh, that's exactly what I've been looking for. A fight with a one-eyed man. That is what Suzuki's been looking for. He's like, you know what I could really go for? A fight with a one-eyed man. Just a real fucking bar brawl. A real son of a bitch from Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> And, oh, the exchange of elbows and forearms to the head. There's something adorable about hitting somebody with a chair and the entire middle part of the chair just pops out. The seat is gone. (laughs) This, oh, my God. But did you uh, get to see what happened afterwards? The setup for the next? Oh, my God. ZSJ, baby. I Suzuki'd all over myself. You Suzuki'd everywhere. Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus John Moxley. That's a matchup I didn't even. I feel like that's what they're going to do now. It's just like, hey, Gary, did you think about this one? No. Oh, this does sound great, though. It turns out you're just like you didn't realize it and you've been trying to fight it and downplay it. But you're really just a big Moxley fan. Well, yeah, I needed him to sit on an airplane for 14 hours with an eye patch to go fight Minoru Suzuki. He did it. He won. And now I believe in him. I am Team Moxley. I'm going to get that shirt. Here we are. And you're also Dave Meltzer, because when it happens in Japan, you like it more. Oh. Burn. Hear that, Dave? Fuck you. This is a prestigious podcast. Hey, Meltzer. (laughs) Boo. Funny thing, I'm actually getting sick of the eye patch. I'm ready for it to go away. I was too until that match. Maybe I need maybe I'm like a week behind you. Maybe I need to watch one more with the eye patch, which I'm gonna get. I'm going to get. Are you sure? Are we gonna get one more with the eye will he still have the eye patch for us? I hope so. You want him to have it in Chicago? I need to know the answers to these questions. Am I going to be sick of it still? Or am I going to be like, ah, nah, he can keep it. I hope he just wrestles like this for the rest of his life. We fucking fought Minoru Suzuki. Had to fly back on a plane to go get beat up by Jeff Cobb for a while. Yeah. Do we know his Cobb signed? So I want, this is something that's been bugging me. I thought that not too long after All In, after you and I interviewed Jeff Cobb, which by the way, if you're listening to this show or this episode, we do have an interview with Jeff Cobb in our archives. Go back and find that. It's probably in what? September 2018? Yeah. 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 Go back and find that shit. We do an interview with Jeff Cobb, who's now the newest member of the AEW roster. I thought that after we interviewed him, not too long after that, didn't he sign like a nice deal with Ring of Honor? Yeah, but I don't think we knew how long it was for. Was this like a fucking one-year extension? I guess. That's weird. And I I honestly have absolutely no clue what's happening with him. I, I, I honestly have no complaints because I'm happy to see him in AEW. They made him look like a fucking beast, though. They did. He suplexed the shit out of fucking Moxley tonight. And then who got the biggest pop of anyone in that match? Darby Allen. <laughs> Mr. Hot Topic himself. 
is he over with you yet? Or are you still kind of anti Darby? I just, uh, here's, it's okay. So there's certain guys that just aren't for me and that's fine. I'm not going to sit there and lie that they didn't get and say they didn't get a pop. Seems like the kind of thing you do. What the fuck? Sorry, I've got I've had a couple white claws and now I'm getting confrontational. You're you're getting goofy. A little Is white bit. claw your tequila <laughs> <laughs> turns you into a fucking asshole. It hasn't any it hasn't in previous experiences with you. It's turned you into a sweetheart. Well, it's been a while. I've been taking a break from it, and you know now that I've got a couple in me, fuck you. You know, anytime I've ever been intoxicated around you, you get very like I turn in like you think I'm a sideshow. What well, does that we were mean? Two cup stuff. Let's do it again. Let's go back to another show that you and I have been to. <laughs> you thought it was the the craziest thing. How many times I kept saying Jerry Lawler's name? It you said it a lot, and you were saying I did. it loudly but, in his absolutely. presence. Yeah, I wasn't afraid. That man almost died on Raw. We said we were going to stop bringing up two cups stuffed. Yeah, well, I broke it. And just like you broke your fucking, I'm taking a break from death match wrestling. I took two weeks off, okay? You didn't even take two weeks off. You had a show that you went to. I didn't go to a death match. You went to a show, didn't you? Wasn't there a GCW or a Black Label Pro show you went to? No. Hmm. I don't think two weeks counts. Two. <laughs> two That's weeks fair. Stopped. I I think you have every right to be upset because I made a whole spectacle out of being done with it. Yeah. But this uh, it was for show. It was just for show. It was just you for had the a, show. You had a Vince McMahon level of patience with that fucking angle. Well, we've moved on, and the people forgot I said it. <laughs> Garrett's break from deathmatch wrestling was about as relevant as the fucking wild card, but the wild card for some reason lasted longer than it should have. Yeah, um, that was uh, that was me finding out that who Jason Jordan was uh, Kurt Angle's kid. Oh God, I'll never What's forget the that I was that? in the building for that. Were you really? I, that was in Nashville. And then he got hurt, and he may never wrestle again, from what I understand. Yeah, that's sad. And now Kurt's retired, so they can't even do anything with it. So I wasted a a Monday night. (sighs) A lot of people waste Monday nights when they watch wrestling. I hate to tell you that. Raw this week wasn't even that good. It was okay at times. but. I watched all three hours, and I can tell you, I, I may have, my second year since you're handing out silver medals and shit, I got excited to see that I was going to get Aleister Black versus Eric Rowan. Was it good? I mean, it, it, no, <laughs> but, I, but, but I know that when Eric Rowan came out, and then I was like, who are they fucking feeding Eric Rowan, and then Aleister Black's music hit, I actually sat up a little bit, I was like, oh shit. I get to watch this big man get his head kicked off. I really like what they're doing with Aleister Black on Raw. I feel like it's not getting enough attention, but they are doing a damn good job of building him up as like a ne- like the next single superstar. 
are they really getting him there? Because the last I was watching, he was still just kind of talking in a dark room. No, they're past that now. Like, he, they, he cut a promo a few weeks back where he was like, I'm tired of asking people to come knock on my door. Now I'm going to be the one kicking down doors and picking people that I want to take out. And <coughs> I'm excited about it. I actually think he's going to stick. So you think he's going to go to GCW where they use doors? Isn't he already there? Isn't he G-Raver? That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to G-Raver. <laughs> Uh, I know they're not the same person, everybody. Okay. Maybe that's offensive. I don't care. Write us at predetermined podcast at gmail.com and let me know. Is it Oogle or Ogle? And is me saying that G Raver and Alistair Black are the same person? Is that offensive? Is that offensive to you, Garrett? No. You going to do, do some shit? No, I'm not going to do some shit. Have, have another sip of that claw. Oh, dokey. So I'm calling your bluff on something. Okay. WWE this past weekend started uh, a new series on the WWE Network uh, called Ruthless Aggression, and it's a documentary series covering the Ruthless Aggression era from the early 2000s until the mid-2000s. What do they call those? Are those like the aughts? Like, what the fuck are we... How does that work? I think that's what they like to say those are called. Yeah. But yeah, no, I you've been wanting me to watch things about the Ruthless Aggression era for quite a while now, and it's finally come. I sat down and I watched both episodes of those. I got so prepped for watching. There's two episodes out right now. If you haven't yet, go watch those. When I was at my peak of interest in WWE, that's the era we were in. And I, watching those two episodes... Really good shit, and it gave me a lot of good, you know, flashbacks, memories. It reminded me of why I love John, or why I loved John Cena, the Doctor of Thugonomics himself. Um, and but to get ready for it, our good friend Jeffy reached out to me on uh, on on the Twitterverse, and he said, "Hey Derek, can you hook me up with a list of good ruthless aggression era matches?" And I was like, "Hey, do you want the WrestleMania ones? Or do you want me to skip over those?" And he's like, I've probably seen the WrestleMania ones. So I sent Jeffy a customized personal list of non-WrestleMania Ruthless Aggression matches. Ten I of them, feel like I, I should have that list. Yeah, you probably should. But you know what? You've been a bad boy lately, and you don't get special customized wrestling lists. Well, because I went back and watched Deathmatch Wrestling. You watched the Deathmatches, too. I didn't. I did it for you, man. So much I love you. And I sat through them telling me about the Attitude Era one more time for you to watch this Ruthless Aggression thing. Oh, and that was Punishment? I've heard WWE tell me about beating WCW. Yeah. Let, Let me make something clear. We can both agree I didn't need to hear them gloat about that. For another 10 minutes one more time <laughs> i got it and let's be this is another thing i talked about with a friend jeffy i'm pretty sure the ruthless aggression era started after wrestlemania 18 like they don't need to fucking up like this like they started this whole like we beat wcw thing which was before wrestlemania 17 like they they went they went out of their way to gloat about winning the Monday Night War again. That has nothing to do with this. 
yes, it had planted the seeds as far as them having too many people on the roster and needing to split into two different brands, which was kind of like the beginning of the Ruthless Aggression era. But, um, yeah, I mean, what did you think? Did you watch the, the John Cena episode, and what did you take out of that? Because you weren't watching when he hit the scene. I got to see a series of T-shirts that you used to wear in high school, and it gave those T-shirts a context. Ah, I had, uh, I think I had two Cena shirts that I was very proud of. John Cena really seems to think he failed the ruthless aggression era. I would like to see that he kept hammering that plate or I guess he didn't keep hammering at home. He said it one time and they replayed it like three times. Not even from different angles, just not even from different angles, just the same clip saying he failed. What I would argue to John is your initial character that didn't have any character was not good granted but you and were drake still... maverick wasn't afraid to say that right to his face on that camera. right to his face because john's <laughs> not there john's not gonna do shit about it is it just me or does drake maverick have a weird mouth well i'm the only to... one it might be just you, but let me. I'm gonna Google Drake Maverick. Like when mouth. he speaks, it's like his bottom lip comes up over his teeth a little bit more than it needs to. I mean, you're not gonna find the what I'm talking about probably in a still. You gotta watch a video. No, I found a still that gave me exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? He looks like an action figure yelling. <laughs> like where they? You know what I'm talking about? I'm looking at a photo <laughs> right now. This might be the photo of this week's episode <laughs> all right just drake maverick yelling all right um john here's the thing that his whole i've i've said this on this podcast in the past and i will say it again i am a sucker for guys who have gimmicks that seem like there's no fucking way they're gonna get over and they get them over a fucking white rapper gimmick five to six years after Eminem was all of the rage doesn't seem like it would work well with a very harsh WWE crowd. And John was able to get that over and he was charismatic as fuck. He made it work. And that was the John Cena that I liked. In fact, I liked him as a heel straight up. And yes, Garrett, I did have a couple of John Cena shirts. I remember the one with the word life on the the fingers. That is one of my favorite shirts I've ever owned. Do you still have I it? Wish. No, but I think they might have it in the WWE shop throwback section. I may need to go get one of those tonight. <laughs> in fact, if I see it when I get off, I'm going to get, we're going to finish up this podcast. I'm going to go and see if I can buy that. And if they have it, it's mine. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and if they have it, I'm getting two and we're wearing them to revolution. Oh, do you want one? Nah, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But I kind of do want one. Like the. <laughs> uh, so, th- so in other words, when he did his Doctor of Thugonomics thing at WrestleMania last year, that wasn't like that didn't mean anything to you. Right? I mean, I, I mean, I knew what it was. I've seen a lot of clips of it, but, but no, you didn't I... have memories of that because like, you weren't watching. No, I hadn't. This was a, probably the most of it I've seen consistently in a row was also my wife from the other room i just hear like are you watching a john cena documentary what is happening (laughs) what's wrong with that leah what's wrong with garrett watching that i used to own a wwe uh dvd 
of John Cena. His very first one was a nine ninety nine purchase from Best Buy, worth every penny. He you narrated were a big that Cena DVD. Fan. I was, and then all of that changed at WrestleMania twenty two. <laughs> When Chicago roasted him into oblivion. <laughs> I was there. What's funny is uh, you want to talk about like all the wrestling we watched this week. I watched the Raw in St. Louis where John Cena was the number one draft pick to Monday Night Raw at the beginning of the show. And I was sitting fifth row with our friend Adam Johnson for that moment. And I went back and watched it on the WWE Network and I found myself sitting there in my, my Christian t-shirt and it said, that's how I roll on the back. And my girlfriend still has taken that shirt and worn it to bed multiple times. So I may never get that back. John Cena. Can I have that shirt? My Christian shirt? Yeah. Nah. God damn it. I don't think I can have that shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a mistake. Um, Gary, you remember that shirt? I think I had that shirt as the uh, image on my my 18th birthday cake at my birthday party at Giovanni's. Do you remember this? I do remember this. Wow. We got stories. 18th birthday John Cena cake. I think that we should have a 30th. It was Christian, not John Cena. Sorry, Christian. White claws. Yeah, middle fingers. Can we get you a white claw cake for your your birthday? (laughs) It's coming up. Yeah, I think that would only be appropriate. Your wife did a really solid Kenny Omega cake a couple of years ago. That's true. I bet Maybe it would be get... easier to do a White Claw. I bet you, I guarantee it. You're drawing waves as opposed hey, to what? You and I were mispronouncing somebody's name. <laughs> okay. Tegums. 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 It's Tegums? Te- I'm. I believe I'm saying it right now. Uh, it turns out he is a friend of Jeffy's, and now a friend of ours. But I got a, a text saying that it was pronounced like te- like egg, like tag, tagums. tagums. And, but uh, it seemed like Jeffy really enjoyed how much we said tegums. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, news tagums. You're following me on Instagram, and I'm following you. So we've got a thing going, but I think <laughs> I think Tegums is more over with with the crowd. On Do this you mean you podcast? Yeah, is the crowd is Derek. Yeah, I'm also the USA Network and John Cena's number one fan. And Jeffy a guy who gets excited for Alistair Black versus Eric Rowan. That's <laughs> what I am. Jeffy tried to give us homework this week and I intended to do it. I didn't I genuinely had no idea 205 Live was still on. Yeah, neither did I. And I feel like we should go watch it, but he told me that he just finds it interesting that there's a wrestling show that exists solely for eight wrestlers. Because the cruiserweight title's over in NXT, right? Yeah. That's why I thought they canceled it. I thought they were just over there now. So is it like main event for the network <laughs> like is that what it is like if you go to a raw or a smackdown are they still filming 205 live after the fact i guess we they gotta have watch. to be they have to be we gotta catch up on this derek this well, is bad we gotta get that we caught up know. on something else because there is a story that has played out since the last time you were here and since last week's episode that we need to address 
You ready? You ready for the second part of your spanking? Yeah. You yeah, I hear that in your voice. Well, I feel you, worse about this one. You know what's coming, don't you? What? Now I'm offended. I'm your lifelong friend, and you essentially stabbed me in the fucking back with deathmatch wrestling not getting any kind of break whatsoever. But you feel worse about this. I smashed a light tube right across your head. You across my heart. <laughs> You, you stabbed it deep into my soul. Garrett, so we went to Freelance Wrestling a couple of weeks ago. And we saw a tag team there known as the Gym Nasty Boys. And they were managed by Stepstool Sarah. Right? Correct. Garrett, what did you say in the last episode that you need to, you know, apologize for and then, you know, Correct. I believe the way I worded it, and I do regret the way I worded it, I said flamboyantly gay. Did I, did you go back and listen to what you said? Um, I mean, I edited the episode, but I wasn't paying a lot of attention to the content as I was editing. And I did, uh, I, I feel bad. That is not the way I should have worded that. I should have said flamboyant. Flamboyant, I think, would have been the right word. But uh, I was, they, Stepstool Sarah came out with the pride flag, and in my head, I just like, oh, okay, they're, they're an LGBT tag team. It's your first time seeing them. Make this clear. This is the first time you've seen the Jim Nasty Boys. Yeah, this the, is, I had never seen them before. I think somebody had said to me they were from St. Louis, I think. I think that's why I said that. They're not well, from Well, I think Louis. Stepstool Sarah is from St. Louis. I found that on Twitter. Oh, I can't confirm any of this. Well, I'm saying it, so maybe she's not their regular manager. Maybe that has no relevance, whatever. We're not arguing with them. We're thinking out loud. This was your first time seeing them, and I think it was probably, maybe I saw them at the last one I went to. I can't remember. Um, she comes out with the pride flag. But there was more to it than that, Garrett. You're allowed to go into greater detail. Well, there was a spot where they ended up like doggy style on each other. Mm -hmm. And then another spot where they were like rubbing butts in, uh, mm -hmm. in, in their chest into a, in the faces. I guess it was, it was erotic. It was you an said, erotic match. I was going to say, you said the, the better way of putting it was, it was more, not, it was less flamboyantly gay and more homoerotic. Which but, is but erotic in the same way like a Joey Ryan match would be. I didn't mean any offense by it, and I don't. Well, you no, that's the thing is you weren't being mean. You weren't even being negative. You weren't being derogatory. You were being complimentary. You thought it was their shtick. Hell, I'm convinced it still was their shtick. I'm not sold entirely. There have been characters in pro wrestling that do the homoerotic act as a, as a part of their offense. You probably, you don't, you weren't there for the ruthless aggression era. There was a character named Rico. That was his whole thing. They never came out and said anything. Garrett. To me, the biggest defense in all of this is that you said they were from St. Louis and they weren't <laughs> <laughs> to me. That's the part that you got wrong. Well, and yes, and I own up to, I shouldn't be guessing people's sexual orientation anyway. It's not my place to do that. I don't know why I did it. I, I am it sorry. It was in the act. 
I still feel bad because you know what? I've got really bad because anxiety. Somebody, because somebody negative... told you that you needed to feel bad. Yes, and I did. You shouldn't <laughs> let somebody have that much power over you, especially if you're the host of a prestigious pro wrestling podcast. Why do you keep saying prestigious? Because if I will it into existence, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> if I will it, it will Suzuki. <laughs> I said that oh. to Dakota. Look, I, I, I'm backing you up on this one. Like, I think it's fine that you apologize. I just wanted to let you know. I, you, I know you. I know the kind of character you have. You meant no ill will. It was an honest mistake. And we apologize, both of us, for uh, what we said about the Gymnasty Boys. It was not meant to be derogatory in the slightest. So... AEW tonight kicked fucking ass. I mean, it ruled. This may have been the best episode of AEW Dynamite they've had. What was your favorite thing about it? Oh, my fucking God. There were like four or five really good matches. I loved the fucking tag team battle royal. I loved how that played out at the end. I loved seeing uh, Trent and Matt do the best friends hug. I popped hard for that. I loved the Orange Cassidy spot. I I love that Orange Cassidy is essentially like the AEW mascot. <laughs> like he doesn't get like actual like in ring matches, but you can tell he's moving some merch, and he's really over with the crowd. Do you think that they will eventually just give him a straight up match, or are they really waiting for the right moment for that? I think this is my guess. This is coming from the heart. I think they're going to take the Orange Cassidy character or spirit, like that gimmick, and they're going to essentially turn him into... um, Do you remember Earthworm Jim? (laughs) (laughs) I I was not expecting that, but yes, I I do Do remember Earthworm Jim. Do you remember, what was his name, Peter Puppy? Like it was his friend that was like it was Earthworm Jim's friend that was that like little like friendly dog, okay. And then when he would get bumped or he would get pissed, he would essentially turn into the Hulk, and he would just fucking destroy everything. My guess is that they're going to eventually turn Orange Cassidy into a character that's really fucking chill, and then when you fucking like chop him or slap it, like when you actually like. It's better to keep him chill and cool, and then when you actually engage him in offense, he, like, fucking wrestles. That's my bad when the glasses get knocked off. Right. I think there's something to that. Like, I, like, I don't know how much life they'll get out of it, but I think, I think that's where that's going. And I think it'll work. Either I way, I hope the guy's making see. some money. I, like I said, he's moving some merch. I think he's making some money. I think I'm going to pick up an Orange Cassidy shirt tomorrow. So you heading to pro wrestling tees. I'm going to head over to pro wrestling tees in anticipation of revolution weekend, which is coming up, but, uh, fuck dude. And then, so like you said, the Moxley, um, Jeff Cobb match was really good. That Chris Statlander Shanna match was fan fucking tastic. Um, I thought that the Kenny Omega Hangman Page title defense against the Lucha Brothers was a fucking awesome match. That was really, really good. It was really, really good. And see, not only did we get all these good matches, 
but there was a lot of good storyline progression tonight on on Dynamite. Like we're really moving forward towards things. Like I just got done throwing some shade at the women's roster at AEW the other day. And then they come right back. They do the title change with Nyla Rose. She's the new champion. And then Statlander and Shanna go out there and kill it in a fucking fantastic match. And then um, what else? I mean, fucking the MJF Cody storyline moves forward some more. We're setting up to like all of the elite, like, like other than Cody, have this match together now. We get the Young Bucks challenging Hangman and Kenny at Revolution for the tag titles. So we're probably going to see the Bucks get the titles for the first time there, right? Right. And we're going to see the implosion, or at least the exit, the departure of Hangman from the Elite. The Elite as we knew it for the last few years is about to get a major change. Does him leaving turn him heel, do you think? Or is he just so over right now that he'll just be a singles guy? I think good heels have a reason why they turn heel like the crowd is mad that they chose darkness and chose to become a son of a bitch but they get it and to be fair they've done a really really good job of showing like why do the bucks come out and only help kenny up like why are they being fucking dickheads they are being <laughs> a little exclusionary like and then what is hangman turning to he's turning the fucking booze to cope it's a problem Hangman has every reason to be a little bit pissed off and feel like he's being excluded. And like you said a couple weeks ago, he carried the team. And he kind of did tonight as well. Put some respect on Hangman's name. I trust me, I'll never disrespect Hangman again. I've made my mistakes. Um, How'd you feel about the cage? A little wobbly. I got a little afraid when he was throwing Cody into the that weird side of the cage. Uh, that being said, I more than anything, I was more caught off guard when it came back from commercial and he was gushing blood. I I cringed. Look, I'm so used to the WWE cage spot where they climb to the top of the cage in the corner and they turn around slowly and they do the dive. They did such a good job on the broadcast of not showing me where Wardlow was. So when Kenny got to the, or not when Kenny, when Cody got to the top of the cage and then stood up and then just dove backwards, I think I said, what are you doing? Like, I, didn't, I, I was just like, like, I didn't know where Wardlow was. I felt like Cody didn't even look. He's just like, he'll catch me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought the Arn Anderson spot where he threw the, the door into MJF's face. They've done a good job of building multiple storylines. Like, Revolution's going to be a hell of a show, Garrett. This really almost felt like the go-home to that. It Yeah. But next week, we do get a 30-minute Iron Man match between Kenny Omega and Pac. That I am very, very excited to see. So, obviously, I can't put it over enough. AEW Dynamite killed it this week. I'm excited for Revolution. I'm excited to see you again. Yeah. You're going to be here for several. You're going to be with me for several days, buddy. And we are going to have a lot of time to crank out several episodes worth of content. Oh, my God. 
Did you just Suzuki everywhere? I just suzuki <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I guess we'll save a we'll save a you know the drizzling shits and say something nice for next week. Well, you know we had a lot to talk about. We were we were very excited. So yeah, go ahead and take us home, Derek. Guys, if you haven't done it already, you could do us a huge favor if you hop over to iTunes and you leave us leave us five stars and give us a nice review. And if you do that, you can email us or message us or whatever you want to do and suggest something for us to check out as long as it can relate to pro wrestling in some form or fashion. We will check it out and talk about it on the podcast. In the meantime, there are multiple ways you can reach out to the Predetermined Podcast. Number one... You can email us directly at predeterminedpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, I am at Halloween Halpin. He is at Gartet. If you want to reach the podcast, we are at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter and on Facebook. We are also Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. And I have recently joined the Instagram game. I am at Halloween Halpin on Instagram. Garrett, what's your handle on Instagram? It's I'm at Gartet on all social medias. So we are really on brand across the board. <laughs> so so when this really does become a prestigious podcast, <laughs> we have all of the usernames locked in. It is good to go. My Google, what was the Google, Google Plus? Oh my God, people don't even care anymore. Yeah, who gives a we're shit? Reaching out, we're reaching out, we're pleading with Conrad Thompson, letting him know that we are available to be signed any day now. Any day. Uh, this Derek, was fun. Did you I'm see excited Birds to of see Prey? You next week? I didn't. I saw Sonic the Hedgehog. Was it good? I my heart was warmed. <laughs> I saw Birds of Prey twice. That's how much I loved it. I saw Sonic once, and I still haven't stopped Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've heard, I've heard. What? <laughs> I was trying to hit the music. What are you saying? Uh, I'm saying go see Sonic the Hedgehog. It's still in theaters. And I'm saying Birds of Prey, not truly a failure like people are saying. The movie's great. Go see it. Best video game movie to date. No. Ask Jeffy. It's true. Jeffy saw it? Jeffy saw it and said the same thing. Well, I'll believe it when I hear it out of Jeffy's mouth. All right. Well, Jeffy, tell Garrett. And Garrett, hit our goddamn music.